You are listening to Stand Out on LinkedIn, indispensable truths, tools, and tips, a show designed specifically to help you stand out. This podcast is for everyone looking to maximize their brand, network, career, and business initiatives, meaning finding a job, hiring, selling, and marketing. That pretty much includes most people. The team at Intero will be sharing their expertise and insight to get you one step closer to gaining traction and being a standout on LinkedIn. At Intero, we spend hours each day on LinkedIn, assisting companies in developing their brand, finding new talent for job openings, and even creating content to help professionals establish their credibility. The information we share on this podcast reflects what we see and do each day. If you're looking to stand out on LinkedIn, then you've come to the right place. Listen and receive actionable takeaways that you can utilize on LinkedIn to achieve your business and career goals. Welcome everyone to another episode of Stand Out. I'm so excited today to have Wes Michael and Pam Cusick with us. They are both from Rare Patient Voice. Fabulous story. My first conversation with Pam and Wes go back to summer of 2018. Pam, do you want to first share a little bit about the company? And then Wes, you've been doing this for 40 years. So would love to hear a little bit of your um, story as well. And then we'll jump into how you've really used LinkedIn um, for your branding and sales funnel. Sure. So uh, Rare Patient Voice connects patients and caregivers with all kinds of research opportunities. So interviews and focus groups and surveys and clinical research too now. The, the goal is to improve medical products and services. So we go to events um, for, you know, where patients are. So a National Hemophilia Foundation Conference or National Sickle Cell Conference, and we'll meet patients and caregivers and explain how they can be involved and share their voice. And then um, when they sign up, if we have a request that matches what they sign up for, we send them an invitation for, you know, for a study and they can choose to participate. They don't ever have to. But if they do, they can earn $100 an hour for sharing their experiences and and their opinions, which people love to share their opinions and um, don't always get the opportunity to do that. So they really love to be involved with that. We started out again, you know, going to events. We have fortunately with COVID when all the events shot, you know, stopped being happening, we we already had this in the in the process, but we have a patient advocacy team that reaches out to smaller advocacy and support groups all over the world. And um, we were able to continue to build our community. So we now have over a hundred thousand patients and caregivers across mm-hmm. 750 or more conditions. And they are now we have expanded to, uh, beyond the US and Canada. We're also in the United Kingdom, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Australia, and New Zealand. And uh, we are looking to you know continue to expand and grow. One thing I didn't mention was, you know, over the past nine years, we've paid patients over $9 million. It's mm-hmm. um, awesome. Yep, which is fantastic. and. They most, you know, they don't do it for the money. Usually they do it because they want to help other people coming after them. The money is nice, though. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's an added benefit. But really, you know, this community of rare and non-rare patients and caregivers really want to add, you know, their voice and their experience to help improve products and services. That's awesome. Wes, you have been in the industry for what, four decades, right? I don't want to date oh. you or anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to date you, but for That's a while, okay. maybe I should just step that back for a while. Why did you start Rare Patient Voice? Yeah, it's, uh, I had to do something. I had to, I needed a job. Oh, there you go. 
And actually, let me take. You made me think of something. Let me take a little step, step back. When did when did Lincoln first begin? Um, uh, eighteen years. It's uh, eight, the fall, um, October. So it'll be eighteen years next month. So, so, but uh, even before I did rare patient voice, LinkedIn was very useful to me because my I was at a, a company and my position was eliminated, and I had I hadn't I probably didn't probably only had a few hundred connections. I don't know what I had, but I, I was pretty good about connecting with a lot of people I worked with and such. And when I, as soon as that happened, I was advised put rather than hide it on LinkedIn, put it in on LinkedIn. Say so you, and I got such such support from so many people. Oh, you you know. So right off the bat, it was helping me find 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 where to go next. But then uh, to continue that story, I, had, I always had in my head this idea because I had built a panel. The company I work for, Pam and I worked together this company years ago. We built a hemophilia panel for a client. We went to the hemophilia national conference. We set up our table and our clipboards and our giveaway items, and we invited people because our client wanted to talk to people. They wanted to do surveys and interviews throughout the year. There are very few of them in the in the country, and they needed to hear their opinions to be successful marketing. So we, it was it worked very well. We went to the hematoid conference. We bring a team of folks. We, re, we, we it was pre-internet. We did paper and pencil, and they would sign up. And every year we would go back and get more. And two or three years into that, I went to the conference and somebody from a different client came up to me and said, I heard you have a, a wonderful hemophilia panel. Can we access it? Well, no, it was paid for by another client, but I'm like, thinking, why not create a panel that's not restricted by client and offer them multiple opportunities? And I had that idea for many years. And I said, someday, someday, someday. And the fact that I had lost a job and my wife had just she'd been out of the workforce raising her kids and she was looking for a job fell into her lap. It had healthcare, right? It's all about somebody's mm-hmm. got to have healthcare. Right. And I'm like, okay. And the company I was working for, it said, oh, we're not going to pay you for a few months. Let's work it out over time. I'm like, okay, I'm not getting paid. Maybe there's something else I'd rather do. <laughs> and, 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 get, and I started, it was just me. It was starting hemophilia because I had done it before and I worked. I went to the hemophilia conference and, and boom, that was our very first panel. And now what over 700 and some diseases and, over 7,000 projects and then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So who knew? I didn't know it would be that, but I knew that, I knew there might be demand for hemophilia. <laughs> so there was always sort of this um, understanding of how building, whether it's a panel, a community, a network makes yeah. sense, right? Because exactly. around something that people have in common. Yeah. So when you started Rare Patient Voice, how did you, how were you using LinkedIn then? That's how we got the word out. I mean, I had a list of emails mm-hmm. and we were, I would send email notes, news and notes. And that, they were very well received. But I remember one time checking because I, I thought I was doing a great job of the bounce backs. Oh, let me get back. And I go to LinkedIn and say, oh, they moved to this company. And so this must be their new email address. So I thought I was doing a good job keeping up with people. Then one time we we I, I took our list and um, I guess I, how would I have done this? I guess I compared it to LinkedIn. And I found, hey, a third of these people aren't, aren't at that company, even with me doing this work, that I didn't get a bounce back. They're, they're, yeah. And I said, that's not the most efficient. I mean, there's nothing wrong with sending out emails, but we're not hitting nearly as many people as we thought. And I said, LinkedIn follows these people wherever they go. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of shifted. Again, we still do wonderful emails and newsletters, but all the things that I do and videos I did, I used to put in an email and now I'm much more likely to put it on LinkedIn. I know not everybody sees everything, but they see over the course of time. And if you have enough stuff, people, a lot of people see a lot of things and at least it's hitting them. It's not bouncing to some place and you think you're hitting them. So that was the kind of the 
the first thing like, hey, LinkedIn is much better at this than my email list. <laughs> right. Or and your CRM, right? People say to us all the time, you know what? Our CRM seems to be really dated. And like every CRM is dated. It just always is. It's yeah, because the companies keep these email addresses live. I guess they don't want to miss uh, things, so they don't. You, you you don't always get a bounce back, or you don't always know. Mm-hmm. So I uh, hear you're doing all this stuff, and it's much smaller than you think it is. Yeah, LinkedIn, exactly. So, yeah, LinkedIn yeah. just keeps it moving, right? So then there's potentially two opportunities. Their, I noticed the, uh, the, most people seem to put their personal email on. So it's whoever it is, they're still they're still on it. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So 2018, let's just kind of frame to that, to that conversation. Our first conversation was like, Hey, we, we need to be doing advertising on LinkedIn. Right. And, and lots of times we hear from clients, they've heard from lots of different sources. Sometimes their marketing group, their ad group, Hey, let's just do some paid media on LinkedIn. And Usually what I'm saying is, "Mm, let's just take, let's look at this, let's assess this. And does it really make sense to do paid when there's quite a bit that can be done organically first? So you all were very, very coachable and open to that. We did a couple of coaching sessions together originally, but there was so much potential that I saw for each of you that would not only elevate your individual brands, but really elevate the company brand. So can you just kind of talk about Pam? Can you just jump in and just share some of the things that you really have worked on over the last couple of years that you think have made a big difference on LinkedIn? So one of the things, and this came directly out of our coaching session is connecting with people with purpose. So, you know, we, a lot of times it's so it would be so easy just to click the button connect 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 but those people don't necessarily they don't maybe know who i am or why they would want to connect with me so taking you know a couple extra seconds to say hey if you need patience for your upcoming research you know this is contact us or i mean i I vary what the message Mm -hmm. is but they're much more likely to connect with me because i've given them some information about why they would want to I get connections all the time from random people that I might, you know, if they don't put anything in there about why, sometimes I'll take the time to go back and see who are they and why. But a lot of times I don't have time to do that. So I want my message to be clear and concise and why should you connect with me? So I've been, you know, very purposeful about that. The other thing that we have done religiously is we go, we go to lots of different conferences. We go to uh, market research conference conferences, clinical research, client-based, patient-based, all over yeah. the the mark. We go to a lot of different things, and um, afterwards we will connect with people from the conference. And sometimes before, um, mm-hmm. you know, if I happen to, if we're exhibiting and they give us a list, I'll say, "Hey, stop by booth number five ten, and you know, and say hi." And it's amazing how many people do, and they're they're excited. They're like, "Hey, you connected with me, and I'm stopping by to say hi." I'm like, "Wow, that's awesome!" But for you know, after conferences, you can't you cannot possibly see everybody at some of these events. So right. we would then send a note after afterwards, you know, either thanks for stopping our, by our booth or sorry, whatever it was, you know, however the message goes, and then you know, let us know if you need patience. And, you know, and then let's connect. And by doing that, we've both built up our our networks to over 13,000 people. And they're not just random people that we clicked on. They're people that we purposefully know that they will be interested in what we do. 
And then the third thing, which I will admit I'm not, I haven't been doing as much of as I, I want to or should is uh, creating content. So putting some things out there, connecting it back to Rare Patient Voice and what we do, you know, we tried to put things out, you know, that, that connect to our patient groups or sometimes, you know, what we're doing if we have some research that we've done. And I know doing that is really helpful to kind of keep people interested in what we do. And I, that's one area that I want to keep doing. I am doing it more than, I mean, than I was in 2018 for sure. But And I think very consistently, mm-hmm. I think you pick up on things and you are a great engager of other people's well, content. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So, is, you know, and I'd like to do a little bit more of that. And the other, you know, piece of that is, is seeing what other people do and not just liking it, but commenting on it, because I know that that's helpful. It's helpful to me, but then it's also helpful to them if they're putting out something that I like and I want to see more of, I want to comment on it. So more of that comes back to me. And LinkedIn rewards that, right? They reward, they reward you for that comment, that share way more than that. Like just that thumbs up. Wes, one of the things that I am always saying to leaders, you are the face of the organization. And in this case, both of you are the face of the organization you need to show up. You need to lead the way by example, you need to be comfortable being on LinkedIn and other platforms, whichever are most appropriate for your business, you are kind of a natural at this. And can you just talk about how you see using LinkedIn as really part of your job description as, sure, sure. The, as the leader? The uh, one other thing I want to say too, is like when you first talked to us, I believe Pam and I had like a thousand or 1500 contacts. And and we almost made it a competition. We put it, actually put it in our goals, didn't we, Pam? Yeah. We got to get. And then I would tell her I got over two thousand. She said, "Well, I did too." I said, "Oh," and I and I would do it. I said, "Gee, I've been doing a soul behind Pam." And then boom, we over the year again. Who would have thought we could go from fifteen hundred to twelve thousand? And again, not randomly. Not you know the, the good the good. Folks. So it's like that. Just just we we had it. We were, we were like, and it's always nice to have a little competition, right? Cause it gets forced. Well, she did it. I, I, I have to get, I have to get great more. competition, but then you had, you were measuring, right. And yeah, yeah. so, so, so we're you were that. accountability partners to one another. And so, um, so what, I mean, a couple of things that, that, that I've done. One is, um, relating, uh, like when I see, we, we get new projects all the time, right. I'll link in with the person. I always thought on the one hand, that's fine. I mean, what, what, what more natural thing? Thanks for working with us. They know, thanks for working with us. I'd like to link in. And uh, the neat thing too, I think a lot of people, a lot of them are junior folks. It's a, hey, the president of their companies thanked me. They don't know that we're not huge, but anyway. So it's kind of and nice. I, I'm doing it and, and people will link in. And then over time, they'll see our stuff and who's right, who's your best customer is your current customer, they'll, they'll do more work. So that's been kind of neat. Um, the other thing obviously is, is the content and putting things out there. I always say, um, I'm happy to embarrass myself for the sake of the company. So I'll do the videos, I'll do songs, you know, where we'll, you know, take a song and change the words and it'll kind of have something to do with something regarding our business or our clients or something like but that. They're so clever. They're so, it's fun because, you know, you'll do it and you don't know how many people see it, but then we'll go off to a conference, right? And people will go, yeah, I see your, I see your video. I don't know what your office looks like. I've, I've seen your video. Uh, and then we like to joke. Uh, Pam and I were at a conference and a, a woman her, said, I, I heard your, I recognize your voice. You're Westmont. I have a groupie. She says, I watch all your videos. <laughs> it was true. <laughs> so it's, it's like, who knew? 
So, so it, more people are looking and paying. And again, not does everybody see everything? No, but yeah. hey, so it's like, hey, yeah, this is what we do. The other thing, it, it fits in with our brand. If you look at our logo behind us here, that's the cartoon font. We have a, 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 a zebra mascot. We want to be personable. We want to, because we're dealing with patients all the time. We don't want to be this stiff organization. And, and we, we, we have that same personality like this, with clients too. So it fits into our thing to put things out there to have it. It might not be perfect, but it's personable. It's family type thing. So I think it, 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 it's, it works. It builds into our, our whole brand. If we were IBM, that might not be, I should be here with a suit and tie and, you know, and read for my script, but. Nobody wears a tie uh, anymore. Well, so all of it kind of, kind of, kind of fit together. Uh, and there's one other thing that, that made me think of that, you know, COVID, right? All these events that Pam talked about went away. They're all virtual. Nobody, nobody visits a virtual booth. Why would you visit? You, you can watch the sessions and you can, great, but nobody. So we would be paying for these events and nobody, but sometimes just like a real, we would get a list. We wouldn't get emails. We don't need emails. We're not stalking people. How many, how many did I write? Hard to meet at a virtual event, but I saw you were at XYZ. If you ever need patience, let us know. I'd like to link in. Boom. And so many of those, I, some of those events, I swear we got more connections than if we had been in person. True. Isn't I mean, that who fascinating? Who knew? So all yeah, through LinkedIn, know. because it's like, if you had figured out their email and sent them, there'd be a little stalkerish and a long, and we all get long sales pitch emails. No, no, no. But LinkedIn's less invasive, less stalkerish, short and sweet. They can look up and find more. You know, I don't know. It just it just worked very well. The <laughs> other important thing about that was with um with COVID and the virtual events was we were able to go to more events. You know, because obviously going to events is expensive with the travel and everything, but we were right. able to connect with people more broadly. And when I, I mean, in other countries, so yeah. you know, we were meeting clients in Japan and Australia and Germany who, you know, we weren't, even though we weren't yet in those countries, they do research with patients in the U.S. And so, you know, it, we might not be able to get them all the patients because they might be in countries where we were, were not but we could get them some patients and they didn't know about us. And so those, you know, connecting with them through LinkedIn really helped to build our business. Right. So you, know, you are based in Maryland right? and you are a global right. business. Yeah, exactly. I have a, a sign uh, on my door. It's, uh, it was a joke at first. It said world headquarters. You know, we started <laughs> with just me. No, it is a world headquarters. So who knew? <laughs> It is great. It is absolutely. Tell us what version of LinkedIn you are each using. Basic, premium, Navigator. So just because I have Navigator, which I don't use as much as well as I should, because I know there's some really good things. And and we did some training um, with Sydney. I did. And I do, you know, connect and what is it? I forget what I do. I connect and I put them in a group and whatever it is. List. Um, and I do that, but I need to, I need to slot that into what I do a little bit more, but you know, I, so I use regular LinkedIn and navigator. Mm -hmm. And so that's, this is the funny thing. I'm still on the free version. I assumed, and when I remember the training, you said before you do, because you, know, you get a free trial before you do it, do X, Y, and Z to take the greatest advantage. So I kept assuming I would go to that. And then when Pam got to it, so certain things we needed to do, she was able to do on that. And I, and I always, I do a lot of things and all of a sudden I get all these messages, LinkedIn sees it and wants to move me up, but, and I'm not, I don't have any 
problem with doing. I just haven't had, I, we've been able to do all this and build it so big on the free version. So it's like, if, we, if I were personally doing more targeting of, of unknown folks, yeah, I mean, I, I love all that stuff. But it's like, well, Pam can do it. Uh, you know. So I kept thinking I was about to do it. I've never clicked that button. <laughs> and that, which is interesting, right? I, yeah. I talk with people all the time. You can build your presence, your profile, your presence, your network, use content really effectively, all with the free version of LinkedIn. Right, right. It, it's like, who knew? So it's just taking the step, doing it, being consistent with doing it. And then one or two or a team who's really going to be more business development oriented or recruiting oriented using sales navigator, for right, example. Right. If you really, right? if you really use those tools. Yeah. And the, you know, and the other thing that surprised me was I think of LinkedIn, it's for businesses, really helped us meet lots of clients, but it's helped the other side of our business. We, 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 you know, we're always working with advocacy groups, uh, patient advocates and such. And yeah, you know, we have a nice Facebook presence and stuff for patients, but so many of these advocates are on LinkedIn and we'll go to advocates. Pam was just at a major event, global team, but we meet so many and we can connect on LinkedIn with that audience too. Um, and that's been wonderful. And some of those people find us and then, and, and then we meet with them all of a sudden we have a referral partner and we have, you know, helps our build our patient panel. And so how do you think as you are expanding the business overseas, how will you focus and build networks to be located in those geographic areas, right? Because suddenly creating a network in Rome or Milan or, you know, in Japan, right. all these countries, super much easier, right? So how are you thinking about that? Because that's really interesting. So one of the ways, and, you know, we, again, it goes back to going to events. So we'll go to, we have a, an event coming up in Munich and it's a big market research conference. So we will go there, we'll meet people, we'll probably have a list of people come back and we will connect with all of those people who are going to be in those, you know, in that kind of international community. And, you know, I know that I can use Navigator for for building in that way too, and I will. And then it's similar with the patient group. So we'll go to, there are some um, out uh, that we have an, uh, an event in the UK that's a patient specific group. We'll do the same thing, you know, get that list of those advocates, connect with them through LinkedIn. And what happens with us is people like share, you know, like the, mm-hmm. like herbal essence, you tell two friends and you tell two friends. And remember that commercial? <laughs> it hasn't reached me yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's, uh, you know, those people who join as patients, you know, they'll join, do a study, and then they'll tell, you know, everyone in their, their little community um, or their family members and so on. And then all those people sign up. So, you know, I've never been to Australia. We have patients and, and caregivers mm-hmm. in Australia through, you know, LinkedIn is one, you know, we're, you know, we're also connecting with them through, um, through other social media platforms and through our referral partners. We find our referral partners many times from, you know, from the connections we had on LinkedIn. And then, you know, and then the clients, of course, you know, I look through and see where people are and find those companies. And a lot of times they are in other countries. And we have a lot of clients here that also have an international, they have branches that we're not connected with. So we need to find those, you know, because they don't always talk to each other. Right. So, you know, so we're connecting with those kind of our current clients, extra, you know, international divisions 
through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And you know, in Sales Navigator, right? You can see that company, mm -hmm. that organization. You can see the account map. I, I mean, I love Sales Navigator. It really helps you get far and, you know, deep and wide. I, I might need a brush up on that. <laughs> yeah, there's some new things we're testing on Sales Navigator that are actually really pretty cool. And um, the account map feature, I think, just really gives people so much more insight. It's it's really, really fascinating. I have to ask this question because I, I get this all the time. And I can imagine that people are sitting, listening, watching and saying, I wonder how much time Wes and Pam spend on LinkedIn. They must be so like have nothing else to do that they sound like they're always on LinkedIn. You, the three of us know that is far from the truth, right? You are running a business, you are working on the business, you are traveling, you are putting major, creating major connections and doing great work in the world. So how much time do you spend on LinkedIn each week, Wes? And then Pam. You know, it's funny. Uh, one of the, uh, one of our um, partners, business partners was asking me the other day, he said, well, I, uh, this would take, you must be spending two hours a day because he was concerned. I'm like, it really is, is not, it's, um, I'll um, to, to comment, to kind of go through your feed and comment on a few things. You can do that quickly. You can, you know, you're five minutes before a call. You can kind of flip through things uh, to post content. I mean, I don't spend hours. I'll just, and that again, it fits into our brand to have it not, I'll, I'll do something. I'll cut a picture and I'll do something. So I'm not spending that much. I don't know if it, it maybe if you added it all up, it would be 10 or 15 minutes a day. The, the thing that takes some time is if I've been to a conference and I have a list of 100 names and I want to, because I'm writing a note to each one. Now, I'm cutting and pasting a similar note, but I'm always making sure I have their name in there and I'm making sure I'm spelling their name right. And I might have a couple versions depending on mm -hmm. whatever. So that, but but you see, that will be like, well, it's 15 minutes. I don't have time to do some other project. I have a call in 15 minutes. Let me see how many I can get done in the next 15 minutes. So it's, I use it to fill some gaps. And like everybody, you're sitting watching the ball game and you click on Facebook and you say, oh, let me click on LinkedIn and you can scroll through. So, so no, if, if, if people are worried like, oh my God, I got to devote hours and hours a day. I don't, I don't. Right. And we've done our thing and we've gotten a lot of mileage out of them. So you're being agile. Yeah. You're not overthinking it. You're just doing yeah. it, right? So yeah, many it's not like, oh my God, this like, is going out. It's got to be perfect. I'd rather have 10 things and, and, and have them fairly decent than one perfect thing that took me forever, at least, uh, you know, from, mm -hmm. for this, for this uh, platform. Right. So the upside for you in, let's say maybe two hours a week, right? Maybe. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that because it's, it's not a it's, big blocks of time. Right. Yeah. Well worth it for you. A oh, good yeah. Good, good use of time. Pam? I think, I don't think I spend more than an hour or two and in kind of fits and spurts, just like Wes is saying. So I'll go on, I'll see, you know, notifications and I'll click on things and I'll comment. For me, the, the thing that takes longer, if I'm, you know, if I actually am creating a post that takes a little bit of time and, you know, cause you want to make sure that it's thoughtful mm -hmm. and makes sense and connects, you know, to the people the way, you know, who you want to connect with. But really, you know, in any, you know, I don't spend more than a half an hour in one sitting for sure. Now, in the beginning, after we first started working together with you, I was trying to slot on my calendar a several days a week block out time to do that. And then as I got better at it, and it just sort of became part of my day, I just click on it and I get, I'll get a notification when people, you know, post something. 
and I'll go in and I'll quick, you know, write a quick note or do a like. So altogether, I don't think it. I'm in, in there more than an hour mm-hmm. on average, sometimes more. It might be two hours sometimes if I really get into it. But a lot of times, like Wes, I'm just sitting on my phone and, you know, the TV's on and I'm liking and I'm clicking and I'm sending, you know, something I might want to share later. I'm sending that to myself for, you know, so I have it, but not, it doesn't take that long. You know, one of the things that Pam and I kind of, we took us a while to remember to do this, but um, every time we go out and visit clients, well, especially pre-given when clients were there to visit, but go to conferences, we remember to take like the selfie with the, or get, you get somebody to, I was at 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 an event yesterday or, or earlier in Pam. So you get a few pictures. And people write and you tag those people. People love to see other people. They're probably tired of seeing us. They'll see the people we're with. And they they was, oh, it's great to see BJ. And you know, they'll go on and on. And it's and it and it and it's communicating several things. It's it's telling them we we were at that event, we were recruiting Mm -hmm. patients, we were with clients that were, you know, it, it says things about our company. But those things get wildly popular and it's it's fun. And the people you I always joke with people, I'm gonna make you famous, we're gonna post this tomorrow. <laughs> and uh and uh, it's a simple, simple thing. It doesn't take any, you know, we're not writing something long, just hey, great to see so and so in Chicago at this event. And then people just love it. So right. It makes it makes them happy. You know, they're, you know, they they get to see someone maybe they didn't haven't seen in a while, or you know, and for the pe- person who's in the picture, they're like, Yeah, you know, we're you know, it's great to be there. And then they comment back, Hey, thanks for you know, thanks for you know, posting this or whatever. So that's fun. Yeah, it's being a good social citizen, right? Yeah, if you yeah. will, right. I think I, the other thing that I see that gets a lot of engagements is, you know, the the dogs, <laughs> the dogs and and babies, um, or or kids. I had yeah, yeah. that we were the other day. I was mentioning we had um there was a service service dog that you know I had given some water, and I posted that and. You know, it was very a very popular post. So, um, you know, it just not that you can have a dog and a baby in every post that you do, but you know, people like to see mm-hmm. people and things and and you know and animals. So it's you know just I think also the diversity of what you yeah. post. You know, it, if you always post your logo or yeah. whatever, it just flip through. You know, people flip through it. But if it's something interesting to look at, people are more excited. Exactly. I mean, for every four pieces of content, you know, every four pieces of content should be about something else, informative, educational, entertaining. And then that one piece about your company, right? It, you know, so many companies, it just becomes very definite monologue. And it's like, wow, that's kind of just pitching. And, yeah. you know, there is this humanizing. I've been listening to some podcasts lately, and it's talking about, you know, with all the AI and all the automation, which helps you reach a large number of people, what people actually like is the human part of that. Mm-hmm. And so you humanizing not only who you are, what you do, it really, really extends your, not only your whole brain, but your messaging, your mission, your purpose. It all so fits together. Yeah. It all fits together. It's it's really um it's always so great to, to talk with you. I think what's also so interesting about how we've worked together over these um, years since 2018. Pam, you are on our online group coaching session almost every Monday for what um something like 
60, years? almost two years. Time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And always testing. I think she'd be always. better at it by now. I, don't I think she's very good. Like that goes back to the being you're agile. <laughs> she's fast, right? You're fast too, right? Because you're, because when you're I in teach, it. I teach, she gets all the training and she passes on the key tips to me. That's so. the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. How can people, other than LinkedIn, because I want people to definitely connect, right? But what's the best way to reach you? Because you are on a lot of channels and where do you want people to learn more about you? You can go to our website, rarepatientvoice.com, and um, find out all about the company. And there's an about us section, and you can, you know, connect with Wes or connect with me via email. Um, certainly, feel free to reach out directly. It's, you know, pam.cusick at rarepatientvoice.com or wes.michael at rarepatientvoice.com. And on all social media, we have we have mm-hmm. lots of different platforms, and, you know, they're all doing something different. But um, we'd love to hear from you. Don't forget the YouTube. So there's a Rare Patient Voice YouTube channel with all sorts of videos of patients. We we invite patients to make videos and they're so wonderful. And one, it's a great statement of the company. They reminds people that we have patients, but they hear the patients, the real life patients talking about their, 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 their illness and talking about working with us. And if you're really a glutton for punishment, you can find videos that I've made songs and things. And it's all uh, there for posterity on our YouTube channel. So just go to YouTube and search for Rare Patient Voice and it pops up. And everybody knows a patient, right? And we're all patients, right? We're all patients. We're all patients. So it's really important. And I think giving people, giving patients, giving caregivers a voice. Wow. Amazing work. Fabulous work. And there's so much more for you to do, right? There's so much opportunity. I so appreciate you joining me today. And I know this has been really valuable and I hope really inspiring to those of you who are like, I'm not really sure where to start. Start simply, be consistent, be agile. Don't be afraid to make a mistake, be approachable, right? Would those be some of our good takeaways from today? Just just get started, right? Just get get started. started. It's like, it's like exercise and eating, right? Well, just get started and and try to be consistent. And over time, you'll get better. And it's over time. (laughs) So really, really operative phrase there over time, right? It doesn't happen in a week. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I've been saying to people um, for the last couple of weeks, if, if you needed to hire somebody yesterday or you need to fill your sales pipeline by the end of September of 2022, which is about two more weeks, mm, probably not, not, not the best idea, right? If you're starting to think about end of year and, and going into the new year, then we can have conversations because- And, th- and time passes quickly. I mean, look, 2018, it seems like yesterday you were telling us this stuff. And so sooner or later, that date's going to arrive in the future. And better that you have done all this than you haven't started yet. Exactly, exactly. And like we said, LinkedIn is 18 years old, so it's not a novelty. It's not going away. There is so many ways to further your business, create that brand, really nurture those communities that are really, really important to you. So you all have done a fabulous job with that. And thank you for spending time with me today and our listeners. for guiding us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. Connect with us on LinkedIn and get to know us there and on our website, interoadvisory.com. We have lots of valuable content there, as well as our social pages, our LinkedIn company page, our YouTube channel, and our Instagram. Thanks for listening. We appreciate a shout out on your preferred channel, a review, or a comment on what you'd like to hear us discuss. You can listen in on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, thanks for joining.